This podcast is brought to you by no one, <laughs> no one doing nothing for anyone since ever. <laughs> This is off topic, and we just saw Thor Ragnarok, or rather, we just saw it a week ago. Uh, we're here to talk about that, as well as the topic of fun movies and superhero movies, and how they're not always the same thing. Um, so Ben, what would you think of Thor Ragnarok? It was a puzzling movie for me. I thought, I mean, it was... I felt like I was watching two different movies in one, so it wasn't totally consistent. There were a lot of it, the majority of it was very silly and out there and just eccentric in its style, and I really liked that when it was comedic like that. And then there were parts of it, it's not just that they were dramatic scenes, like I'm fine with, I mean I like dramatic scenes in a comedy when they insert themselves well, but this just seemed like it was totally inconsistent and it seemed like there were parts where it was taking it way too seriously. Where you, you realize, oh wait, they're they're trying to reconnect this with like the Marvel yeah. universe, all that stuff. So there were, I enjoyed the movie as a whole, but there were definitely periods of the movie. Some of them were fairly long where I just wasn't connecting with it at all. You think it was? I think I know which one it was because we talked about this. It was um, all the stuff on Asgard. Yeah, that was with, a... with the whole uh, Hera subplot, which is the main plot of the film but then it takes a turn when Thor ends up on uh, Scarith I don't know what the, what, the, what the planet is but it's the trash planet the Jeff Goldblum planet yeah the Jeff Goldblum planet um, and, and immediately I know which was your favorite part of the film yeah um, who what, who was your favorite part of the film was Jeff Goldblum yes he was very Jeff Goldblum I'm hearing a lot of people say that his part was underwritten that he wasn't in the film enough I'd say a little Jeff Goldblum goes a long way, mm -hmm. but there is definitely a lot more fun in that section of the film mm -hmm. because that's where the, the tone feels more at home. Like, but first, it, it's it's worth mentioning that this is not a typical Thor movie in the best way, though. Because like Thor mm -hmm. and Thor: The Dark World, they're the, the, the kind of the black sheep of of the Marvel universe. They're, they're like the placeholders, mm -hmm. really. And yeah, I agree. This is definitely a step up from the other Thor movies. So I've only seen Thor. I haven't seen Dark World, but... You don't even need to see Dark World. It's, it's exactly. such a... It's... If you ask me, that's the worst in the in the yeah. MCU. Just because it's so predictable. It's so bland. Right. It's in one ear, out the other. And this only had little f bits of that. Mm -hmm. But it, that... In, Mostly because it's that Marvel plot that we're all very used to. The um, bad guy with big bad plans wants revenge. I, I really enjoyed the film. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I agree with some of what you said about it. Like that it, it did feel at times totally inconsistent. But the direction was strong enough that it did feel just mm -hmm. like a comedy. This wasn't a. This wasn't like a regular Marvel movie where they they just shoehorn in such and such a quip. You know, it was very. There's a lot of imp improvisational humor, and that comes a lot from the director um, Taiko Watiti. He did this really great movie called uh, What We Do in the Shadows, which is a, a mockumentary about vampires flatting together in New Zealand. The, the the humor they have down in New Zealand. It's this thing where they take 
mundane things and make them funny. Yeah, I like that. Did you see that Team Thor short where it's Thor uh, flatting with the, with his with a maid in New Zealand? No. Like, uh, it's a bit like yeah. like Thor meets The Office. <laughs> and I was like, well, this should just be a TV show. And but fortunately, that's the tone of, of the film too. So I'll have to look that up. That sounds like something I'd enjoy. It's um, it really got me hyped for this movie because it, it was a sign like okay they're gonna do something different with Thor now because Thor he's a fish out of water character and you can only take that so far especially when it's just him mm-hmm. like if you don't have Tony Stark there to to make ribs at him you know like does Mother know if you wear her drapes if you don't have that then Thor is just a boring character it's more like bore the Dark World <laughs> um. <laughs> And I can promise everybody that the jokes in the film are way better than my <laughs> But then again, we're not, never setting that low a standard for, for Marvel movies. Um, I find it just really amusing that the first movie we disagree on, um, at least since we've started the podcast, is probably the only movie we disagree on where I'm the one that doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're saying I'm a cynical bastard? <laughs> I, I, I no, I'm saying I'm too. I, I I usually like every movie. A movie has to. That's be, right. Yeah. I I usually I'm very like forgiving with movies. Mm-hmm. Maybe too much so. I'm merciless. I'm merciless. I wish I was more merciless. Well, then again, the only movies I can be merciless about are the ones that you probably wouldn't want to see anyway. <laughs> so like the emoji movie. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then there'd be some movies where, yeah. like, I, I want to see this purely, um, well, not just because I hate myself, but because I, I think, well, this will this will be something to say, oh, I I know what these kind of movies are like. Like, that, uh, I kind of want to see that Charlie Sheen 9-11 movie, <laughs> just to say, <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> I'm a bit more cautious about what I see, even yeah. though I try to say, like, I should see things I know I won't like just so that I can balance mm. that out, but I never do. Yeah, just uh, consider the runtime, I guess. How, how much time am I going to invest in this? Like, that's, that's always the thing. I, yeah, I mean, there's I don't know if there's that many terrible movies that are over three hours long. Okay. I mean, there's terrible movies that feel like three hours long, like Transformers, whatever. <laughs> So now that we've talked about the movie, let's talk about fun movies. Because okay. if we can agree on one thing, would you say this movie was fun? Yes. The one of the two movies that were sort of crammed into one movie was a very fun movie. So would you say that that part of the movie was the one that was the most unique? Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. It was. That was the movie that I enjoyed. That I, And I wanted that to be the whole movie. Like, not that I didn't want the movie to have any amount of substance whatsoever but I wanted it all to fit in that tone right where uh, it's a different kind of adventure than just uh, beat up the bad guy yeah it was more of an escape story at that point when when they mm-hmm. get to the trash planet. exactly and I, I yeah. love escape stories it, it 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 goes from typical Marvel movie to um, lost in space and then to gladiator and then it's a, just an escape movie. I think by the point they get back to Asgard, I'm, I I felt kind of, kind of exhausted, thinking like, oh, there's still more. Yeah, same. We've got we've got past uh, Jeff Goldblum planet, and now we now we have to, uh, beat up, Cape Blanchett. So, 
yeah, where it's, you kind of have to pick one or the other. And I think, I think a big part of what makes a movie fun is that it's something you haven't seen before. That's, yeah, I agree. Um, like Spider-Man Homecoming, I think what really... Yeah, I've had trouble rewatching that. You've had trouble rewatching it? Yeah, like I just, like I'm watching it like this was better the first time. Oh man. Like not that it's... See, know. that's the Marvel effect right there. Yeah. That's, a, like, I've, I've watched people talk about this and how Marvel is really great the first time. Marvel movies yeah. are really great the first time, but but after that, you start, the, the cracks start coming through. It's pretty similar to, like, um, like The Force Awakens. When, yeah. I, when I saw that the first time, uh, it, it blew my mind. It was one of the best movie experiences of my life. Yeah. Star Wars, you know? And then... Yeah. Uh, I watched it the second time, I'm like, yeah, this is still pretty great. This is still really great. And the third time, this movie's kind of long. Eh. You know, and, and it's nothing really... It's nothing to say that these movies are, like, incompetent or, like... No. It, like, that we're running out of ideas. It's, I think it's more, like, the execution of it. I think you can take Spider-Man after five movies... To the fact that they can do that and then make this completely fresh take where they did everything that was not done I think that's what really drove that film for me was that it was a different execution mm -hmm. there was no Uncle Ben uh, great power comes to responsibility done that there was no uh, origin story there wasn't any uh, skyscrapers yeah off of. I like that they uh didn't even, like, because they, they handled the let's not do the great power, great responsibility much better than the uh, other, the Amazing Spider-Man. The Amazing Spider-Man, it's, they, they he just paraphrases it. Yeah. We but, have, if you, if it is within your capability to do something for other people, you have a moral obligation to do that thing. That's, like, is that really his catchphrase growing up? That's like how we talk on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's overcomplicating. It's this. Ugh, so convoluted. Ugh, gross. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to talk about like the opposite of fun. Go to go to Amazing Spider-Man two. <laughs> and I, I, yeah, I really think it has a lot to do with just. Well, we haven't been there. We haven't done that. One of the things I would bring up about fun movies, though, is sometimes a movie doesn't have to be necessarily all that good for me to enjoy it. <laughs> Like, I love watching Masters of Disguise, or Master of Disguise. It's, by all means, a horrible movie, but I just have the time of my life watching it. I've heard way too many bad things, and I've seen way too many reviews about how bad that movie is. Oh, it was horrible, but it's great. Oh, God. I, f I feel that way with, like, uh, Inspector Gadget 2. Yeah. That's my guilty pleasure. I mean, it's a yeah. straight-to-DVD sequel to an already terrible movie but I think it's executed way better and it's way closer to the tone of the TV show there's a lot of energy to it there's a, there's a lot of it's a feeling like these people know this is just a dumb straight to TV movie but they're gonna just do their darndest to at least make it a competent movie a competent script and I can respect that I can respect people Devoting their time to uh, trivial things. Mm -hmm. Case in point, uh, this one of my favorite movies of this year, Captain Underpants. 
I'm oh, not. I want to see it. I, I legitimately want to see it. Yeah, I thoroughly recommend it. Yeah. If we're talking about fun movies, it's it's a great A. Um, I'm not being facetious or, or ironic about this. No. It was actually really, really great. And so, like, what was great about it? Because I know I talk to a lot of people who aren't like people who's um, they're not necessarily the people I go to for movie recommendations. But mm. uh, they were saying like this movie was just stupid and it was a lot of fart jokes and potty humor. How old are these people? Uh, they were like like co-workers at a job that I used to have but they um so they were one of them was my age one of them was like a lot older our supervisor like old mm, yeah I, I can I can at least side with that opinion on it like every person like whenever I get excited about a movie or TV show I, I go up to someone like have you seen this have you seen this it's so great and, and I, I I've told people I've gone up to co-workers and say or like I have one co-worker who has a like a five year old son it's like yeah. you know what movie you're kid really like Captain Underpants and she's like oh are you sure I mean it has a lot of like does it have like potty humor or something like no it's so great <laughs> I mean yeah it does but it's so great um I guess it's because um it it's one of those things where the the subject matter is immature like potty yeah. potty humor jokes about like uh, the villain in the in the film his name is Professor Booby Pants and his uh, traumatic backstory is that nobody takes him seriously because his name is Professor Booby Pants, <laughs> and he wants to rid the world of laughter. So the central concept of the film is is um, is laughing at things that you're not supposed to. Like it's, right. it's kind of a it's kind of like a, rebel- a, a form of rebellion, and it's how the two characters form a bond. Like they're in preschool, and then the teacher is talking about the planets, and she mentions Uranus <laughs> and they both laugh and then they just turn to each other they're just like oh you're my new best friend <laughs> and it so it takes that it takes yeah. that uh, immaturity and and makes it like the emotional core of the film okay like it's not an emotional film yeah. I mean there is like a, um, a a slight emotional pang but it's but it is it is what it is yeah I think I can get behind that because it's a lot better than because if you look at the books Captain Underpants mm. that's exactly the tone of the books and it's right. much better than trying to like we're gonna take Captain Underpants seriously like no 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 yeah um it, it, it's I mean it takes it serious enough this is just turning to a review of Captain Underpants I'm, <laughs> I'm not apologizing uh it takes it unless it's off topic after all <laughs> yeah. um it, it, it the the conflict of the film is that the two boys are because they've been causing so much trouble their principal um Principal Krupp wants to put them in separate classes, and so to them that's like that's the end of their yeah. friendship, and that's just the cutest thing that that kids would get upset about that. The kids would get emotional mm-hmm. over that, and I think it's even more hilarious because the voices are just they're played by like Kevin Hart, Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> There's no disguising the fact that they're adults, <laughs> and I guess because of their imaginations just how um unique these kids are to like all their peers yeah that makes sense that they that they would have be voiced by characters like that i know some people they they found that distracting and like why couldn't they just get just kids oh this is just a celebrity just so they can get that star power it's like but kevin hart and thomas Miller, just that really star power <laughs> i don't i don't think so i i, mean, I think it works 
I think it works. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna watch that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I like those movies where you you want to say, like, oh, it's immature. Oh, it's so stupid. Mm-hmm. But then you watch it. I really enjoyed that. Does that make me stupid and immature? <laughs> yeah. I found that was, in a way, my response with uh, Night at the Museum 2. Mm-hmm. Did, is that did it's, you enjoy that one? I did, yeah. I, like, And it's, I mean, it's not, it's totally inconsistent in the way that it's to, in the, it's not consistent with the first movie. Because mm-hmm. the first movie, for the most part, like, not that it makes sense, because obviously that would never happen, but uh, it... We're not, we're not looking for realism. Yeah, it, but it holds do. itself up. It's yeah. not real, it's not, yeah. Um, the second one, there's just so many ways you can poke holes. Like, first of all, there's no way the Smithsonian's are all connected in this giant underground mm-hmm. archive. Like, that's just way out there. And then, um... Like, how, but how are you going to do the third one? Hmm? If you can't expand it enough. Yeah. And then, so, well, and then the... ridiculous nonsense you could play with. Mm-hmm. And then just the idea of, well, how come... Like, there's so many things you can look at and be like, how come when they're in... When the tablet's... In the basement, how come it's only alive in the basement? If they're all connected, wouldn't it be alive everywhere? Mm. When all the museums come to life, there's all like there's all those things that you pick at, and then there's just I, like it's been a while since I've watched it, but there's so many things. It's just like that's just like there's no way to write around this. Like so, we're just gonna not go to this. <laughs> I don't. I, I can't think. It's been too long. I'm trying to think. Of no, no. I, I see what your point though. Is like I, I, I'm thinking back to so many movies where. The, it, it's that rule of funny where it's like yeah. it, 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 the fact that it doesn't make sense is part of why it's hilarious yeah and it it will there's so many characters like mm-hmm. and, like they bring in Hank Azaria as the bad guy and he's just so funny and there's so many just, just chewing up the scenery <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, and there's just, like, they bring in, like, it's, the movie is catered to ADD. <laughs> like, everywhere you look, it's, oh, wow, there's something happening here and here and here, and then and then every once in a while, there's, like, a dramatic It's like scene. a trip to the museum. It it, is. That's me whenever I went to the museum, even, like, as a grown adult, I'm just like, there's way too much to process here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, wouldn't it be funny if it was Night at the Art Museum? Yeah. And it's just a bunch of pretentious paintings talking to each other. Well, they do go to uh, the art museum. Is that museum the one? No, they no. It's in the second one because the Smithsonian oh, is a bunch okay. of museums around the right, Washington right. Mall, and uh, so they're all connected as if there was like a giant basement underneath the Washington right. Mall. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, where was it? But they do go to an art museum. Okay. It, like the Smithsonian Museum of Art, and uh, they go into what's that famous painting? It was taken after the war ended. It's like two people kissing, and I think it's in Times Square. And it's black and white. Or not a painting, a photograph. Um, but they go inside that photograph and there's a black and white scene and, uh, like just, they get into a street fight on the streets of New York in the, like... I haven't seen that movie in so long, I don't uh, remember that. I know I was still to watch the third one. I, it's, it's, it's a weird thing thinking like, like the, it, it feels just like a run-of-the-mill family comedy film, but just the way you're talking about it is like, maybe there's... <laughs> There's at least some fun to have here. Yeah, there's fun to have. It's not a great film by any means. Like, the first one was actually, like, I say that that's a... It's not a great movie. It's a good movie. The first time the museum, I say. So... Uh, uh, this was a dorky movie that you can have fun watching. Yeah. I think there's, like, fun movies you you can kind of be okay with it if it's not, like, grade A. Like, this isn't, yeah. this isn't Citizen Kane. We were just looking through that list on Google of, like... Uh, top 
however many fun movies, and for some reason, like, like Fight Club, Forrest Gump, and Life is Beautiful, the, the, all of which the are Italian great Holocaust movie, <laughs> all is, of which are great movies. They're great movies, but great and fun are different yeah. things. You know, another uh, thing about fun movies, they don't have to make sense. Mm-hmm. Think uh, I'm thinking of that scene from Emperor's New Groove. Where they all get back to the palace, both Cusco and Pacha and uh, Yzma and Kronk, and then then Cusco's like, "Wait, how did you guys get here before us?" And then Yzma's like raises a finger, uh, "How did we, Kronk?" And Kronk's like, "Hey, you got me." And pulls down the map. By all accounts, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh well, back to business. Like those yeah. movies that laugh in the face of people that give a crap about. <laughs> it, it, like it, it's a it's a different thing than just like don't care not gonna uh, fill in this plot hole yeah cause there are movies that do fun wrong yeah yeah like uh, Cars 2 yeah was that even trying to be fun? I, I think it was. It didn't, yeah. There was nothing serious. <laughs> oh my about god, it. that movie was trying to do something? God. I mean, there, or it was not trying to be in any way serious or in any way have substance whatsoever. Mm hmm. It, it, it kind of went off rails. Mm-hmm. It's more of a train. It's more of a train pun than a car pun. Mm. When are they going to make a trains. <laughs> I mean, they've, they've done planes. They yeah, just trains. Need... <laughs> planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. But that's like how there's like trilogies. Now it's like yeah. the trilogy of trilogies. <laughs> There'll be Cars... There'll be Cars... The Cars trilogy. Then they're going to make a third planes movie. And they're just going to need to do three trains. What if they do a, like a planes, trains, and automobiles trilogy? So like the next one is like automobiles, trains, and planes? <laughs> <laughs> then, You're talking like the then, the Avengers of the uh, of the automobile uh, yeah. Pixar franchise. <laughs> oh God, I've never been less excited, but m- more curious for for a <laughs> franchise in years. <laughs> so I was trying to think about why you didn't enjoy this one as much as I did. Okay. Um, would you say it has anything to do with the relatability of the character? I mean, it could have. That, that's a good point. I don't know that that would have stopped me from enjoying the movie, but I think that is definitely uh, a pullback for this movie because, yeah, I mean, when I loved Spider-Man Homecoming, um, you know, Spider-Man's a dorky teenager that I can relate to, whereas Thor is a god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's much harder to relate to a god and to... Uh, empathize with him, or even to like con- be concerned for him. Mm-hmm. Well, at least with this, the the strength here with with Thor was that he was victimized. Like he mm-hmm. he he was stripped of his power. Like one of the big things in the film is that his his hammer gets destroyed, and it's like, oh crap! And that at least raises the stakes for him. Uh, I, I do I do agree with you on that. Is 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 that Peter Parker is much more down to earth, literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's talk about some movies that aren't fun, that should have been. Mm. Well, I can think of plenty of those. Mm-hmm. Well, our first one was Power Rangers. Yeah, our very first episode. Yeah. Um, I think the problem with that one, I think we talked about this, it took itself too seriously. 
Oh, yeah. Totally. Mm. And, uh, yeah, like, the Power Rangers are a Japanese costume show. <laughs> not, it, not even. Like, they take mm-hmm. the they take martial arts from a Japanese show and repurpose it um, into this uh, American teen soap opera. Mm-hmm. And uh, it should have been closer to the Batman movie. Yeah, there was... Know? There was a phase that lasted quite a while, but it seems like we're just starting to get out of it, though, where it was the gritty phase. Everything had to be gritty. And it, there still is a lot of movies like that, but it seems like we are moving out of that. Yeah, at least at least with the recent Justice League movie, I think people are talking about like the lighter tone of it. Yeah. Even some of the Marvel movies, like they're already pretty light, but like they're getting lighter. Um, uh, Guardians 2. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, homecoming homecoming uh, this uh, Thor Ragnarok um, makes me interested for, for what Black Panther's gonna be because mm-hmm. I think they're gonna try to take that one seriously especially since it's like the first black superhero for a Marvel movie right. since yeah. since um, I'm not you know no 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 Steel with uh, with what's his name what's what's the big what's the big basketball player's name again Oh, Shaq. Oh, Shaq, yeah. Shaq. <laughs> Steel, starring Shaq. <laughs> that was a DC film. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, yeah, this will be a first, for, like, a movie, you know. Jimmy Kimmel took a week off of his show, and Shaq was one of the guest hosts mm-hmm. that week. Like, just not too long ago. He I guest hosted that. Jimmy Kimmel Live. <laughs> See, I don't usually care for Jimmy Kimmel, but I would watch that for, with Shaq. That sounds amazing. <laughs> mm. Baby Driver, that's another fun movie. That was fun. How would you define the fun of that movie? It was, like, it was tonally. The tone was fun. And it, like, it wasn't all that comical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. For an Edgar Wright film, it was, it was... More for more in the thriller genre than, yeah. than just straight up comedy. But it was high energy fun. The writing's really tightened that. Like it, yeah. you can tell every line is a setup or a payoff for a joke. Um, that's another thing I really like in, in movies is where you, is there, there's not there's no wasted time. Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason comedy films are never three hours long. Comedies are short because you can only really pack in so much content that's that's like actually funny, and. Um, Edgar Wright, he's a really he's a really tight director as far as editing and music and 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 visuals. Um, everything is 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 a part of a small or larger joke, and a lot of it just ties in with the film altogether. So when you know when a movie's tight, like I, there's some movies like I I tried watching um, Animal House. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I couldn't get past the first twenty minutes because no. I was like, "Is this a comedy? This is supposed to be funny? Like this feels like this is a comedy beat, but mm-hmm. it it feels more like it's just. It, I mean, it doesn't even feel like a drama, so I don't know what to make of it. I don't know. Maybe I need to revisit that. I mean, that would be someone could apply that same criticism to Mrs. Doubtfire, though. But Mrs. Doubtfire works as a drama. Yeah, it do- yeah, it does. That's true. It would be. It could hold its own as a yeah. dramatic film. And and it, Robin Williams brings the brings 
like he brings the comedy and the drama. Yeah, he's he's the master yeah. of both. Yeah, he at the same him. time, like in the same beat of the film, yeah. like the same line delivery, he can make it hilarious and heart wrenching at the same time. It's a drama film disguised mm-hmm. as a comedy film. Very, uh, very intended that 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 joke right there. Um, <laughs> oh. Fun movies? Yeah, fun movies. Yeah. Uh, I think, well, the quintessential fun movie, we pretty much talk about it in every episode, but I Back still think future. Back to the Future, yeah. Yep. Yep. It is, that is, that's the, I kind of see that as the gold standard of a fun movie. I see that as a gold standard for any movie. Yeah, yeah. It's taught in screenwriting classes because the script is so tight. Again, it's, yeah. it's uh, everything has a set, but everything has a payoff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're watching a movie like that, you don't feel like, uh, you know, looking at your watch is like, when's it, when's it gonna be over? Because every bit of it yeah. is important. I tried watching Back to the Future one time with a girl I was on a date with, and I realized we couldn't do it because, um, the the movie, I mean, not, not yeah. do it, um, <laughs> because there's so much to pay attention to, and like date night movies. They're like the, the dramas or the romances where you can just like tune out and yeah. start making out. But Back to the Future, no, no, this is a, this is an important point. He talks about how how his his uncle was in jail, and that pays off later when we see his his young the younger self of his uncle in a in a baby a baby cage. <laughs> What's the word? <laughs> Crib. crib. When we see Uncle Joey in the crib, and he's like, "So you're my Uncle Joey, yeah? Better use these bars, buddy. See if you miss that. Yeah. If you miss that setup, then you miss that payoff. And uh, so, movies like that where it's rewarding to pay attention, you mm-hmm. know. And um, the climax of that movie is perfect because it's not just, oh, we just gotta go back in time. No, it's. Mm-hmm. We gotta get mom and dad back together. Oh no, we gotta. Oh yeah, get Biff. And oh, it's no. so frustrating. And that sequence is so well edited. It's like when he's racing down the road and right, right. Where, where and it, you it's cuts like between in, him and Doc and the mm-hmm. sky and yeah, and it's like in clock. movie time where yeah. it, it it feels like they're stretching it out a little bit, but you but you can still like the literal ticking clock. Yeah, of, of Doc up on the literal ticking clock. You're you're just so hyped for it, you know, because everything's on the line. And and then when he's screaming, like cheering after he goes back to the future, and mm-hmm. you're just I'm internally doing the same thing every time I watch the movie. Like it's it, it's it's the, the thing about that is every time I'm watching the movie, I still have the is he gonna make it? Is he gonna make it? Even though I know he is. And I guess that's true the first time, because, like, you kind of know that when you're watching the movie. Like, you're not, like, even if you're watching it for the first time, you're not going to be like, yeah, I don't know, maybe he won't make it. Like, of course he's going to make it. Mm-hmm. But you're still, it gets you on the edge where you're like, is it going to happen? Or maybe maybe it's, like, because there's just so much going on. Like, there's yeah. so many moments where the, where the stakes are heightened. Like, you can count them. Like, first, it's got to get Mom and Dad back together. Then it's Biff, uh, uh, when he's threatening to rape his mom and then the when Marty gets mm-hmm. stuck inside the trunk um and then okay um then he has to play the song then his dad starts chickening out of the dance and then then there's getting the car working because of course every movie car 
uh, falters when it starts up. Um, yeah. Then there's connecting the wire uh, to, from the clock to, to the lightning rod. Um, and then there's trying to tell Doc that he's going to die. And he gets back. So like, there's all these things that are... All, all these cards that are laid down. And it, once one is fixed, then like two more come up. Yeah. And so when you're watching that again, you, you kind of... It's, it's, it's tough to process all mm-hmm. of that at once. Like these Marvel movies, as fun as they are, they usually just have one or two um, things at stake. And it's not like a it's not like a time travel thing where it's like if we don't do this now then yeah then it's you know forever yeah I mean it's more just investment in the characters and like are, are they gonna die are they gonna make it no well probably we got a few hundred more of these movies to go I think it comes down to the stakes right yeah that's that's something I think is happening with a lot of superhero movies now is they're getting repetitive so you get to the climax and but you know that he's gonna win yeah. And you know that the bad guy's gonna lose, and it's just a matter of you're not necessarily going like, oh, is he gonna be able to get out of this? You're just yeah. going, how? Oh, I wonder how he's gonna mm-hmm. get, how he's gonna defeat them. So I think movies need to play into that more now. Is the whole it's not so much suspense of whether or not they're gonna defeat the mm-hmm. villain, but how? It's not. It's not who wins. It's the journey. Yeah. Kind of thing. Where. You're you're more invested in how it's executed than, yeah. than just the like the the literal plot synopsis. Because usually it's something to do with something bigger than the villain falling on them, mm-hmm. or the villain somehow destroying themselves. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much how it always works. I think like if there was anything more to like Spider-Man: Homecoming with the the climax of that was that by that point we were emotionally invested, not just in Spider-Man because. He's using his makeshift mm-hmm. Spider-Man suit, but also in uh, the Vulture, mm-hmm. Michael Keaton, uh, because they humanize him. So thinking, maybe Spider-Man will win, but then the Vulture may lose, and I actually care about him. I think that's another good point that maybe Thor missed a bit was humanizing villains. Although Jeff Goldblum was perfect, and I'm not gonna complain. Well, you was just go with Jeff Goldblum. How more much more yeah. humanized can you be? But I think like a lot of the great movie villains. Mm-hmm. Were humanized. Even Darth Vader mm-hmm. is bit like he wasn't when when people just saw Star Wars, he wasn't humanized. Yeah. When people just saw A New Hope when it came out, mm-hmm. but then by the time they got through the three movies, they had really humanized him, and he mm-hmm. became so much more compelling. And then they made three movies, which they shouldn't have about that <laughs> downfall. Um, when we get to the Last Jedi, we'll, we can talk all yeah. about that. Mm. Great, great humanized villain would be Syndrome. Yeah. Yeah, and that's an. It's kind of if you want to find a line between like Darth Vader and Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I don't know what it, the Grandmaster. I think that's what his name was. Like, Jeff right in the middle is is like an a villain that's as hilarious as he is intimidating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love with the Incredibles that Mister Incredible is very much responsible for Syndrome. <laughs> like I think that just really gives the movie more layers. That it's. His fault that Syndrome, or it's because of what he did to to Buddy, that yeah. he turned on him. Rather than just oh a villain of the week kind of thing, yeah, you know, like villain of the week stuff, they just come out of nowhere. It's like oh another one. Who else can we dig up from the from the comic archives? And they don't bother to. The funny thing with the Incredibles, and it used to bother me, but I'm okay with it now, is they don't give you the superheroes' origin stories at all. They're just like okay, they're supers. 
But they go, we get Syndrome's full origin story. Yeah. Well, well, not his full origin story. We see him as a kid, and then we see him as a villain. Well, villains are always more interesting, right? They are, yeah. Um, but I guess I guess Bradbird knew that the the more compelling part of that story was was the family. It wasn't how they got their powers. It was how all these powers work together in one in one household. You know, like it's a it's a amalgamation of all these, or it's a motley crew of all these different superpowers. It's what the Fantastic Four movies should have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> like rewatchability. Chop a rewatchability of movies. Yeah, that's true, because there are a lot of fun movies that are great the first time and not necessarily rewatchable. Like Marvel movies, yeah. as we said. I don't think that necessarily negates the movie, because it's hard to watch something a million times and still oh, love yeah. it. Um, Except if it's back to feature. Yeah. Jurassic Park. When I... F- when I first saw Jurassic Park, I thought, this is pretty great. This is pretty great. Second time, this is pretty great. And then the third or the fourth time, I'm like, wow, this is great. Mm. This is really great. Um, I think at that point, I, I started to understand more what the movie was. Like, it was it was a, a theme park ride in the mm-hmm. best sense. Would you recommend Thor Ragnarok? Yeah. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't, like... It's not a movie that I seek opportunities to tell other people about. Mm-hmm. You know, you see those movies and you're like, every chance you get, you're like, you gotta see this movie. Yeah. It was not one of those movies for me, but if people say, should I see Thor? I'll say, yeah, it's enjoyable. Yeah. You'll, you'll definitely walk in people that have that ask, like, have oh, you seen you seen this such and such Marvel movie? Yeah. Because everybody talks about these, about these movies. Um, at least with this, it's like, I'm actually willing to see it, rather than... Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's better movies, but there's worse movies. Yeah, there's there's there's. there's I mean, that's no probably that's statement. that's <laughs> the best movies, and there's very few movies that are like this. Are when they're not lacking in any area. Great story, like visually exposition, everything is perfectly executed. That's very few movies. Mm. Most movies are like most good movies, or even great movies, are really good in some of the areas and make up for where it lacks mm-hmm. um, and a movie doesn't have to be a perfect masterpiece especially when it pulls off fun really well I find fun can be can make up for a lot of flaws in a movie if you have a sign off you think we should say at the end of every episode let us know also if you guys know any fun movies that would be worth watching talking about uh, send them our way we like the little movies that no one talks about mm-hmm. and if you have anything you want to see us do let us know yeah i are, mean we can't promise but anything you want us to do at all you know anything anything <laughs> but no promises but let us know yeah well i mean related to podcasts related to podcasts Did I say about that? movies and tv yeah yeah that that, that stuff <laughs> I'm not gonna MC your wedding. That's the worst you could think of?